Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Welcome back to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. I'm with Clay Vanderham. Vandy, how's it going? Vandy is dandy. Hockey is in full swing. Kids are back in school. Um, it's yeah. Season five of the Two Months Podcast. Season five of the Two Months Podcast, and we got a number five on the show today. Matt so, Benning from the Nashville yeah. Predators. So a uh, great guest, a good hour with uh, with Matt Former Benning. Former B&B Blazer for all you B&B Blazer fans. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's a great way to start the pod, uh, start a new year. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we love it. We're getting back in the swing of things, back into our normal routine. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, how are things been? How was the uh, kind of the off season and how's the family? How's things going? Things are good. Yeah, yeah. Kids are... Yeah, Jace is starting his first year of uh, U15, which is now contact. So he's uh, he went and did a, a, a hitting camp. Uh, Tony Orsini, who's the head coach of the CAC Midget AAA, unbelievable development hockey guy. Anyway, he put the kids through the ringer and did some, some contact drills to get them used to right before tryouts. And he come home and... Uh, he was going against a buddy of his and kid's pretty solid. He's, he's built like a brick shit house, but uh, he come home and he's like, dad, my shoulder's a little sore. And all they do is just skate up side by side and they bump and then they run into the boards and stuff like that. I said, well, you wait until tryouts there, but those 07, he's an 08 kid. I said, some of those 07 kids are pretty big and solid, but he's holding his own little Nash is doing good in Millwoods. Uh, Millwoods is, you know, they're U11s looking pretty good. So they're making the evaluator's job tough. So it's good. It's fun. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good, man. Things are good here. Work's busy, uh, you know, gearing up for another big year on this podcast. Uh, we got some great guests, some some uh, some new, uh, fresh faces. Uh, we can't wait to bring some people some great interviews. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, get back into the swing of things. But uh yeah. You know, not much NHL news and notes to talk about. Things are kind of slowly picking up, but nothing's totally uh, happening right now. Uh, you know, I think obviously with the rookie camps, those will start uh, uh, later this week. But, uh, you know, neck of the woods. We're here in Edmonton. We're an Edmonton podcast. Uh, Ken Holland spoke. Connor McDavid spoke. Ken Holland did a sit-down interview with Mark Spector. Uh, and uh, you can find that interview on Sportsnet's website at sportsnet.ca. And then Connor did a media veil um, just recently here, and uh, pretty much both of them saying time is now, Vandy. Uh, do you agree? I, I agree I, 100%. So I believe time is now too for this uh, organization. You know, like Connor said, they're not young anymore. These guys are getting older. It's time to win. If Connor says it, I agree with it because I'll agree with whatever he says. Um, I've always kind of, you know, took in the patient route with this team, but. Look, I think if your captain is coming in and that's one of the first comments he makes, then I think it is. The time is now. And they, I think they're kind of feeling the pinch as well being yeah. in, in that locker room. It's, it's, they, they realize they have 
you know, when we talk about it in this, this podcast, unfinished, unfinished business, but I think there are a lot of teams like that, but I think Edmonton they're they need either a, a stretch or they need to, to make that leap to the upper echelon of the, of the uh, either division or, or conference. Yeah. No, it's it. it I, I, I 100% agree. You know, it's the time is definitely now, uh, you got these guys, they're, they're, I'm not saying they're on their ladder end of their contract. Some of them in the middle of it and there's like four or five years left. And obviously you got Nuge who just resigned and Darnell's resigned, but the next three to four years is probably that window. And, uh, you know, I guess the biggest question mark is the goaltending, but, uh, you know, Mike Smith had a good year. So we'll see what, what year he has this year going into this season. Cause this is going to be huge, but maybe at the trade deadline that that situation gets rectified and, you know, uh, Dylan Holloway might not be ready for camp. Uh, Sam Marukov, uh probably won't be ready for rookie camp, but could be ready for main camp. But I think Sam Marukov will probably start the year in the American Hockey League. But Is there uh, – there's no rookie tournament this year, correct? Uh, they, they just played two games against the Flames back-to-back. Uh, okay, so there's no Ben Tickton or anything. That will be back next year. So gotcha. from all the plans, they'll be back. That that tournament and the Penticton tournament will be back next season around this time. So uh, that's the plan. Uh, you know, I, I Keith Gretzky spoke about that. That's something that they really want to see. So, um, are, you know, it, it, it sunk in for me. Um, you know, seeing Zach Iman wearing an Oilers jersey that was uh, that was a bit uh, for people new listeners. I. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 full disclosure, I will say, okay, it, I'm a Leaf fan. Shed a but, tear you know. for you and me, for yeah. me, different ways than it did you. Exactly. But, uh, so, I don't it'll know. be I'm nice to see at, him in yeah. this backyard. We'll, we're, yeah. we'll be there and reporting on the games and all that. But uh, I think, you know, I know what I know from watching the Leafs play and all that, what, what the Oilers are getting here. But, uh, you know, the impact that he's going to have on this organization um, – on and off the ice, and also the most importantly on the ice, uh, he was a very hard player to play against. But are you uh, are you getting really excited with some of these new faces and and getting this just let, let's get going here now? Obviously, yeah, let's we're, get we're, going. That's yeah. I cannot wait. Let's go. Let's see what these kids can do and and what the new faces can do. Um, what I'm I'm more looking forward. Well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to as a fan. The players aren't, but when you get into that grind of the season when it's winter i want to see how the january oil, the february yeah like yeah. i want to see what you know like a duncan keith i want to see how they handle you know is he is he helping that much i mean i personally i think duncan keith's going to help in all aspects yep um obviously hyman's going to do what he does um frugal's going to do what he does warren fogel uh, yeah um Pirelli, I'm looking forward to seeing him in, in, you know, training camp. I want to see what he does. Um, but I, I think I, a know, rejuvenated I, Zach Cassian who spoke this week correct. and it looks like he's ready to get going too. And yep. knows that he didn't have a great year last year. And, uh, you know, and I know, I know we're sitting here again. It's, uh, you know, Yamamoto's not signed, but uh, I think they got the depth now that this is if it if it has to linger into the season, which is probably not ideal, but if it does, they got the depth there to do it, um, and we'll see what happens there, what shakes out on that front. Uh, obviously, anyone that listens to uh, you know this podcast and other podcasts that's uh, you know and and other radio stations is important to get that player signed and and get in camp because we have seen it in the past that when those players miss and they miss. Uh, 
start to the year, they're playing catch up and they're usually playing catch up all year long. So, which is not good. A uh, player that did sign, uh, you know, Tyler Bozak resigns with the St. Louis Blues uh, one year, seven hundred fifty thousand. Uh, he gets uh, there's some bonuses involved in that, but uh, you know, depth signing with the Blues. Uh, thoughts on that, Vandy? I think that's it's a comfort signing, maybe. You know, like he, he obviously he's comfortable there, and you know, and he sees. I mean, St. Louis ain't going away. No, they, you know, they've lost some key pieces, but I mean, he, they're they're not going away. They're still going to be a uh, contender, if you will. Um, he he knows that. You know, he's had a taste of it. He still wants it. Want a cup with them, and yeah. and and now that they're kind of re. Uh, restocking the shelves as you would say you know and yep. uh, obviously there's a lot of reports uh doug uh doug armstrong said it uh uh Berube is has said it too that they do want tarasenko back with the blues and he's requested a trade but uh, nothing's happened there yet but they do want him back in the fold so i think that would be huge for them if somehow they can convince him to move that trade request off but that would be really good uh you know, another player that you've, uh, you know, you've talked about last year a lot, uh, Spencer Knight. Uh, you know, he did a, 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 a an interview the other day and talked about, you know, he had that splashy start uh, to his career in the NHL, but now he needs to, you know, keep that going. And we've seen that, you know, Carter Hart, neck of the woods here, has done that with the Flyers and, and uh, you know, hasn't had that one off year, but uh, thoughts on Spencer Knight. Do you think he's going to play a huge factor? Do you see him kind of taking over the number one role with the Florida Panthers or because they got Bobrovsky, it's easy to do the 41-41 split. I don't know if they, yeah. I, I, for me, I, goalies are, they're tricky. Obviously they are, they're a tricky breed, but I, I don't know. I think Bobrovsky's still the guy. I, I don't think, I think Knight gets his opportunities and it's what he does with those opportunities and whether or not he, he goes, can he do it? Yeah. He's proven it on, you know, world stage. He's proven it, but that's his age category. You're in a different realm in the NHL to do it night in night out is, is how you become a professional. So um, I think, you know, I think Florida, they got smart personnel, smart management, there um i don't think they're gonna rush him i think you know you have bobrovsky let's kind of ease spencer knight into it now does spencer knight want to be the number one guy absolutely he does but you know at the end of the day the management coaching staff are going to do what's best for the florida panthers and they're going to you know hopefully take their time or or proceed when knight's ready yeah yeah, it uh, for him, I think it's going to be key. Uh, you know, he's in he's in a good situation there. Uh, the coaching's really good. The coaching system's really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, I I think for him, uh, every, everything's looking good. You know, and and if he plays, uh, you know, maybe thirty maybe thirty games, then I don't think that's bad either. And healthy competition is good competition. Um, you know, in that situation for Florida, and you know that that organization uh, is on the cusp of winning they haven't won a playoff round in quite some time but i think you know they they did really good last year they showed some strides but again it's some unfinished business which is the theme of this podcast today that you're saying right yeah and i mean you you think about all the interviews that tampa players had after they you know winning second stanley cup back to back but 
they said that getting out of that Florida series really, you know, obviously this playoffs was a little different than, than the bubble playoffs, but getting out of that Florida series was something that really turned the tide for them, if you will. And I, I don't, obviously they wanted, I mean, how can you disagree with it? But yeah, I think them beating Florida in that, you know, that series, uh, the fuck fest, if you will, yeah, <laughs> as as Upshaw and O'Brien said, but um, yeah, I think Florida's coming on, and and yeah, I think it'll be yeah. And speaking of coming on, we got a new uh, podcast sponsor, uh, First Choice Auto Body in Edmonton, Alberta. Here has joined on with us this season for a new sponsorship and we're looking forward to having them on we can't wait to to uh, get that going it's going to be pretty good uh napoleon alhamera and chalky alhamera uh good family friends of mine uh have joined on they are in the south, south side of the city uh so if you guys are looking to get any body work done uh getting some vehicles painted anything like that uh you know uh box liner sprayed windshields uh wind uh getting new tires uh, First Choice Auto Body will take care of your needs. Give them a call at 780-984-4466 and tell them the Two Months Podcast sent you for Two Months Two Months Podcasting pricing. So uh, looking forward awesome. to having a new, new sponsor on. And before we throw to our interview with Matt Benning, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois spoke. Uh, you know, he did the car wash. The NHL car wash was this week where a bunch of the players were in Toronto and going through the media circle and all that, as they call it, the car wash. So... He said that the trade the trade drama was a very hard part in his life uh, when he got traded from Columbus to, to to Winnipeg Jets, and obviously we've seen that on the ice. He wasn't this normal player that we saw in, in years past. But you know, talk about you know a fresh uh, an off season, you know, a fresh new start for him. You know, kind of eliminate what happened last year, go into a new season. How key is he going to be for the Winnipeg Jets, Fandy? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we saw the Dubois that we all know he can be. And, you know, I meant to – I wrote it down in my notes when we were talking to Matt about how – because he mentioned it when you move – not midseason, and Matt didn't move midseason, but when, when you move to a different location and, and maybe that's never happened to you or you move midseason – how that may affect a player and how tough that would be, um, especially on a young kid and, and, or, you know, like a, a, a player, established player that's maybe got a new family, that kind of thing, how, how tough that would be. I, you know, for media aside, it seemed like it was negative. I don't know if it was or not, but I, I can't imagine it, it was easy for him to come in and, and you know, you're, you're replacing a, a second overall pick and now you come in and you're, you know, you're supposed to fill the void, if you will, and how hard, yeah, who knows? I, 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 think, I think he's going to be a force. Come, I mean, we know what he's capable of doing. Yeah. I think now just given that year and I'm sure – he, you know, spent summer or, you know, getting to know the guys and, and maybe spend some time with them, the key vets or the key core of that team. I think it's only going to help him moving into the season. I think, I think it's going to spell trouble for, 
for uh, opposing teams. Yeah, it's a tough division for sure. That, that uh-huh. division is going to be really tough. Uh, yeah, I, I think for sure he'll be really, really key to the what's going on there. As a fresh new start. I know from a few players I've spoken to that have been traded midseason and and whatnot, and as, as he was, and some of those guys going from American to a Canadian market, it was really, really hard uh, on those guys. That Oh, really? Uh, they, okay. Yeah, yeah so – you know and a lot of that you didn't get that until the season was over you know they just you could see that they weren't they weren't themselves the players that i spoke to about this and you know when you get them in a in a, in a different situation they kind of speak openly and be like yeah it was tough on me I, like some of them t- told me that they weren't eating right their nutrition went down you know it's just it was the pressure well, that you it, felt that you needed everything as you needed simple as that right yep yeah yeah like so, you have a place that you go to maybe or or uh cater whatever the hell you do right and then you're moving to a now you got to re because let's face it these hockey players are all habit they're habitual right and everything is a habit and not all of them but it oh yeah it'd be tough man nobody thinks about that no no but there's a lot that goes into it right and and uh you know he went to a market where his father is right as his father is an assistant coach with the manitoba moose so you know you would think in a way you're like hey you're going to a familiar area you know your dad's in the organization not strictly there but he's he's there for for Dubois but you know it, from what I've been told and from players that have told me it's 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 not easy it's tough and uh you know and I think it's even tough you know regardless if it's free agency too could you go to a situation that's you're very familiar with that especially if you've been there for quite some time so uh and uh without further ado let's get to our interview with Matt Benning of the Nashville Predators both lines change. Benning will bring it in. Benning, great move. Here is Benning. Shot scores! Matt Benning, welcome back! Missed 25 of the last 26 games. They are looking at this on the Calgary bench to see how close this was offside. It's going to be a close one. But what a move from the wall, a little dance inside around Hannafin and finds a way to tuck it by Riddick, who's been real solid in this game. Bang, right there, get the shot away. To the net and got a chance. Yeah, so often that's the case, he just wasn't able to find the back of the net. Corey Perry just got drilled by Matt Penny. Coming down the slot and Benning, just a... Perfect hit, chest to chest, as Perry was trying to make a play and wasn't aware of Benning closing the gap quickly. Across the blue line, McDavid still has it checked, but Benning's got it, lets it go, and he scores! Matt Benning makes it a 3-0 Oiler lead. The Oilers picked it up on that 4-4, didn't they? And then they just kept that momentum going. Made some good plays defensively, getting back and taking away pucks as John Tortorella looks up at the big screen, trying to figure out how that one went in. Well, it went in because you follow up 97. You follow up 97, and Matt Benning jumps up in the play. Todd McClellan was talked to his guys. You want the D up as much as you can. Sergei Bobrovsky can't believe that one went in because he's made so many good saves. But Connor McDavid, because of his speed, backs everybody off. Matt Benning is able to take the ice that's available, which is behind him. Boom. In the net and a big 3 nothing goal. Our next guest was drafted by the Boston Bruins in the sixth round in 2012. He went on to sign with the Edmonton Oilers in 2016. We'd like to welcome Matt Benning from the Nashville Predators to the Two Months Podcast. Matt, how's it going? 
Good. Thanks. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. We uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to do this. That's uh, starting off our season five with number five, so it's uh, pretty sweet. Nice. Sounds like it was meant to be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like the so, ring. Yeah. So uh, no, that's pretty sweet. So I guess how are things going? You obviously it looks like you're back in Nashville, and uh, how are things going with the captain skates and and all that so far? Yeah, the captain skates are good. It's, uh, I mean, a lot of guys kind of know it's, uh, guys are excited to get back, kind of see where, where they are, uh, versus your teammates. And, um, there's, there's a ton of good friendly competition here in Nashville. Um, it's been great. Skates have been high paced and guys are tired. So I, I think that that means we're working hard. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's for sure. So, um, before we jump into your career here and all that, so how was the uh, how was the off season? How was the training? Uh, did you change anything up? Did you kind of keep it the same as you normally do? How did that go for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, kind of throughout my career, I've um, kind of changed my off season training a little bit. Um, my first year, my first after my first season with Edmonton. Um, didn't really know how to judge like how much do I skate when do I start skating um and I think for most players it's pretty generic that you're kind of in the gym at least five times a week um so that's what I was doing but I I actually jumped on the ice a little bit later going into my second year and I think that works for some players um mostly the older generation players but um for me I, I I learned that uh I needed to get on the ice more and jumping to uh, this past summer, going into my sixth season, um, did a lot more skating. Um, I would say I was back um, June, early June, and I jumped right on the ice two, three times a week. And as as we got into July and August, um, it would be between three and five times a week on the ice, as well as training uh, in the gym five times a week. Nice. Um, just before I throw it to Clay. Uh... You know, I saw you at the at the Perry Pern camp. It's a camp that you've been at if, quite a few years now. Uh, can you talk about that camp, how how good it is for you guys uh, getting ramped up and, and getting going and, and what that camp does, uh, the, the great things it does for you in uh, transitioning into the NHL? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a good, it's kind of a good, uh, it's kind of the training camp before the training camp sort of thing. Um, I think a lot of the guys who skate in the summer, whether it's skills or kind of a flowy practice you're not you're not really skating more than an hour um and at perry's you're um you're doing drills kind of you're, you're doing drills that you'd normally do kind of mid-season um some flow drills some two-on-one stuff one-on-one stuff and obviously perry has um, the coaching experience to know to know what to do to get us ready so i mean i would explain it as a, tra- a training camp before the training camp you're on the ice for two hours um kind of gets your body ready for that that strain of of, of main camp uh beforehand so um and then obviously it's it's nice coming back and and seeing the guys uh, a lot of guys kind of go and do their own thing for for training and then um i mean it's, it's kind of always been this way but perry's um it's kind of just been like the, the the thing to do kind of right before you're about to leave to uh whatever destination you're heading to so it's been uh, it's been great for me. This is my fourth fourth year in a row now, and um, obviously guys kind of come and go. But I think when I first started, uh, Chimera was doing it, Johnny Boychuk, so some of those older veteran guys. So it was one of those things that uh, I thought, you know what, I I better jump in in this and do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a really good camp. I've, I've seen it for quite a few years and it has quite the, quite the roster and, you know, and we're an Edmonton based podcast and we got some good, uh, some good players that come out of this area. So, so it's, uh, it's the best players come out of this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Got that right. Take it away, Clay. No, I, I found it interesting. So for your office, just get back to that. You know, it's, does is it's a trial and error is that would that be correct like yeah i mean for uh, i think for some players they um kind of just stuck to whatever worked for them in junior or whatever but for me going into um a year where the previous year we played 34 regular season college games and then me going in and playing i think i was scratched for about 20 or so games so I was I mean I was still playing 60 65 games and then going into the next year I, I didn't really know kind of yeah. what my body can take what what to do so I, I ended up following kind of an older veteran player who uh, was on my team and kind of mirrored what he did and for him it worked great kind of starting skating later and later in August or early August but I quickly learned for me I'm a guy that needs to be on the ice and I think I kind of could have predicted that as well because uh, kind of throughout the year, you'll have one day off here or one day off there. And, and I felt totally fine, but um, at Christmas break, or if it was uh, all-star break or something, if I was off the ice for more than three days, I, I came back on the ice and it felt like I was stick handling left-handed. So um, yeah, I, I, it's just one of those things. It's a learning curve. And um, I think you just, as a player to stay in the league, you, you learn from those things and, the next chance you get you 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 got to do what you got to do to to be good out there so i mean for me it was it was a no-brainer i just needed to skate more and um after that year after my second year i i started right away good for you and your path to the nhl we'll talk about it here we'll get into it but your path is i mean you didn't exactly have the easy road if you will not that there is an easy road but um, go back to your youth and like we talked before we went on, um, you know, we're going to make you think a little bit. When did you start playing some coaches? I mean, you come from a hockey family, your uncle, uh, your dad, obviously, and, uh, you know, your brother as well. But when did you start playing? Where did you play? Maybe some coaches or some influences that you had growing up. And Yeah, for sure. About that. Um I think I started when I was five or six years old. I don't remember. I, th- I think it was five, um, right on my fifth birthday. And obviously had the influence from my dad who played, uh, had a good, great career in NHL. And then, you know, all of his brothers um, played. And then my grandpa being the scout he was for, mm-hmm. for Montreal forever. Um, so I think it was kind of in my blood that I was going to put on a pair of skates at four or five years old uh, rather than something else. So that's kind of when I started. And yeah, I, I grew up actually right by the old Rexall rink there in Highlands. Um, it was it was a great spot for us. And then kind of when I think I was eight or nine, we we moved to St. Albert. And um, I think it was mostly just just to do with um, there was it was it was great. It was a great hockey place in St. Albert. Lots of kids playing hockey and the area that I was in in Highlands. It was it was kind of um, slim for for players. We had a hard time putting together a team um so um, that'd be the eagles geez i don't even know um i think it was because i think didn't boy chuck live in that area too because he was a north side guy also so 
Because I, I went I know, to high, back I went to in the day, back in my day, they were called the B and B Blazers. See, like, that's what I was about to say. I still have that jersey, the B and B Blazers. It <laughs> yeah, kind of looks like a Kamloops Blazers jersey. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, I remember that 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 team for sure. So um, I was definitely on that team, and then we moved to St. Albertsies. I don't know uh, when. I think I was eight or nine, but uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good, it was a good time being. Uh, around that that arena um Rexall and and we used to always go to the other games and that sort of thing so growing up in that area was awesome did dad coach you growing up yeah he, that... he coached yeah. me growing up um till I want to say Bantam um and uh no he, he was a great influence on me he obviously played the game he was a different player than I am so um he was more offensive and uh I kind of stayed back is pretty good story he he thought maybe you know what Matt you're going to be a forward so he tried and this is in the B&B Blazer days uh he tried putting me on forward and my dad said that I wouldn't even go in the offensive zone I'd just stay at the blue line so I quickly transitioned to, def to defense <laughs> and I never looked back there so uh so yeah I I, I kind of started there um and uh, always stayed there so so you get you you play midget, you play up to midget triple A, right? Yeah, I played. Um, yeah, so all my years in St. Albert with the with the Raiders. Um, uh, sixteen years old, I. Uh, I think yeah, my sixteen year old year, I was my first year with uh, in the AJ with uh, Spruce Grove. So, the, the I I actually played Bantam double. I didn't make Bantam triple. I played Bantam double, and Bantam triple. Uh, midget triple and then moved on nice and first were you with mcgee or both years no i i wasn't with uh mcgee so um or you're jay mckee yeah yeah, yeah I, was, I was with jay mckee uh i know a brandon mcgee so i, I thought oh, yeah. referencing <laughs> brandon mcgee no too many hockey guys mm -hmm. um yeah jay mckee was my coach uh coach there for both years and uh and then the year I think I, the year I left, he had one more year, and then he left to uh, was he went to Vancouver, right? Yeah. 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 So we we had a great we had a great team there. I, geez, my first year was tough. I was the only uh, only sixteen year old on the team, and um, Spruce Grove was kind of a a powerhouse team, and had Dylan Simpson kind of come through there, and um, had a lot of really good young players and. Yeah, I was the only 16-year-old, and I think at the time we were allowed nine, nine overagers, and I think that that year we loaded up and had about 10 or 11, so two overagers had to sit out. So uh, you can imagine the uh, the harassment I got in the dressing room being the only 16-year-old, and there's all these old guys with beards and stuff. Yeah. And I'm still going to school, so. Now, at any point, are you – is is WHL – on the docket or are you you thinking straight you know or even at that age you have to be are you yeah. thinking college the whole road is dad guiding you that kind of thing yeah you know what i was super fortunate um my dad and jim played in the western league had really good careers they were top players um and then my uncle mark he went up he ended up playing uh college hockey and uh was a really good player there as well. So I kind of had both opinions in, in my side of the family and just, I mean, my dad, my, I make fun of my dad now, but um, 
he he always does pros and cons lists of and so we do a pros and cons of western league pros and cons of college and for me at the time like I wasn't in great shape I had a bunch of baby fat on me I'm I was about 20 pounds heavier than I am now at 16 and now I'm 27 so <laughs> you can imagine I was uh no one was hitting me over in the corners that's for sure but um I, I think at that point I just needed the off ice uh, if, if I needed, if I wanted to continue my career and, and play for as long as I can, I needed that. I needed to get in shape off the ice. And that, that's kind of what college brought. Like you only play Friday, Saturday. So you're training throughout the week versus the Western league. You're, you're playing every other day. You're not necessarily working as much on the off ice side of the game, um, as college. So, um, and then, I mean, I, I wanted a, a degree too. I, my mom really wanted me to go to school and um my dad as well but my mom really pushed for that and um kind of we I think when I was 14 or 15 I took an unofficial visit went down and I saw uh Boston College Boston University Minnesota Duluth and Wisconsin and kind of like my eyes opened up like <laughs> seeing Wisconsin's arena it's like a full NHL size rink I bet you they have better amenities than some of the NHL teams do. So that was kind of an eye opener for me. And so, I mean, at that point, I kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to try to go the college route. And I, you know what, I think at the time, I, I don't think I was good enough to play in the Western league as, as a young, young player. Um, so it was, it was kind of um, once those things kind of aligned up, it was an easier decision for me to say, all right, I'm going to stay in the AJ then work my way and hopefully get a scholarship good for you the fact that you knew that obviously with your family background and whatnot that helps as well how do you go what what makes you go to the u.s for for in dubuque what makes you go yeah that, that route is that just something yeah that's a, that's a good question i mean um at the at the time Petrelli was in boston and being drafted there and my uncle was there at the time as well he was part owner of the Dubuque Fighting Saints and um, kind of talking to my uncle and my dad and my family, it <laughs> felt like anytime there was a hockey decision, it was just a family reunion with all my uncles involved and my grandpa, but that's another story. But uh, so, yeah, we, we kind of decided, you know what, played two years in the AJ, <clears throat> no scholarship offers were, were coming my way. Um, and I, I thought at the time um, I was very comfortable in that league. I, I, um, I mean, I was scoring a little bit, even though I'm not that kind of type of defenseman. Um, and I, I felt it was just time for another jump. And mm -hmm. I think that jump was to go to the USHL versus maybe, maybe the BCHL. And, um, I think it was just a no brainer. Um, I had a, another guy playing for the Sherwood Park Saders, Peter Quenville. Uh, he wanted a scholarship as well. And, um, so we decided, hey, let's let's go to Dubuque together, and it ended up being probably the the turning point in my career, and in terms of making that jump off the ice and um, developing as a player. We had a great coach there, Jim Montgomery. So um, yeah, it was it was it was a tough decision for me, just especially just being at home my whole career. I was fortunate enough to play at sixteen and seventeen in Edmonton, and then to to go across the country and 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 have a billet that I've never kind of experienced before. It was nerve wracking, but um, ended up being the best decision.
Good for you. Good for you. Now you're off to Northeastern. Well, how do you make that decision? That yeah, you know, I'm sure you get offers, and you know you have a great year in Dubuque, and then you know here we are in the NCAA coming at you. Yeah, you know that's that's this is a great point. I mean, um, yeah, in, in Dubuque we had such a good team, and we didn't really have any like crazy superstars. I um, I think there's maybe just me and one other guy that, that have played in the NHL. Like we didn't have any superstars, but we had such a good team, good role guys, guys knew their role and, and such good coaching staff. And um, I think that year we had 20 out of the 23 guys get full ride scholarships or basically full ride scholarships. Like it was, it was awesome. We, I think we lost like 10 or 14 games a whole year. So we were really good. And um, Northeastern Jerry Keefe and Jim Madigan came down and was actually watching another player um, on our team that they already committed, uh, John Stevens, um, and saw me play and as well as another uh, player. He was a top scorer on our team. I think he had over 30 goals. So he said, they said, hey, guys, come down for a visit to Northeastern. We want to show you the school talk and um, hopefully get you guys to Northeastern. So we went there. We had a blast. Um, stayed there one or two days or whatever the rules were and uh, came back and on the plane ride back, I looked over to my buddy, Mike Smitu, and I said, like, this is, this is the place we got to go. Like just felt right. And it was a great opportunity for us to jump in and play right away, which I think was important. Um, obviously my, my brother's doing well in Denver, but schools kind of like those, those top tier schools, you get so many um, draft picks and guys who are going to get the first kind of kick at the can um so sometimes you can you can kind of be left out when you're not playing as much as you want to and that sort of thing so um I was very fortunate to come in play well and um capture kind of a, a bigger role than I expected my first year at school where is northeastern for those that don't know yeah north northeastern is a school it's it's right near uh it's right in in the downtown heart of Boston um right near Fenway Park um Boston's a crazy crazy college town it's I think they said at the time when I was there there's during the year like during school year there's 450,000 college students so um when I toured there it was just it, it felt so safe like you walk down the street and it's all college people and um so we were we were right in the mix we were right downtown uh by Fenway Park Boston University is right there near us and it's just flooded with with schools down there so it was, it was a great experience. Um, yeah, I, I still talk to all, all my uh, Northeastern buddies till this day, and we had a good team. We won um, hockey's championship the one year, um, actually the year I left. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome. Good for you. Let's, we'll rewind a little bit. Let's talk about your draft day. <laughs> Where are you? What are you doing? I mean, you're obviously, we talked, your road, I didn't realize how, you know, you, you, you really have had a tough, not a, you know, I, a hard road to get. You're, yeah. you're, I mean, a sixth round draft pick, you're not supposed to be where you are right now. Right. Just based on schematics. Right. But yeah, it's your work ethic and everything, but let's talk about draft day. Where are you? What are you doing? What? Yeah. Geez. My draft day. Well, Kind of throughout the year, the, the central scouting comes out with those draft, uh, those draft lists. And I was always one draft list. I'd be a C player, like meaning like kind of five, six, seventh round. 
and the next time I'd be off and the next time I'd be on. So I was kind of flirting with just being drafted. And I honestly didn't expect to be drafted. I didn't even talk to my uncle Jim at all. And, uh, and uh, so my draft day, I was, <laughs> this is crazy. I was in a math 30 diploma <laughs> prep course <laughs> and it's like a four hour course yeah. each day. Like I'm just grinding my, at the time girlfriend uh, was, she's my wife now, um, was sitting beside me, helping me out because she, she was better at school than I was. And uh, just getting ready for this just horrible exam. And you're and, like, I, I, I'm not going to need this. I'm not, yeah, no, yeah. I'm at the time I was like, Hey, I'm going to need this. I need to, I need to do well on this test. I wasn't thinking about the draft. I know. And uh, I get a phone call from a reporter and said, Hey, uh, Boston Bruins reporter, do you have a minute to talk? And I'm just like, yeah, sure. I don't know what this is about. So I, I'm like on the phone in the middle of my math prep class and at Grant McEwen in Edmonton. And He's like, his first question is like, so how does it feel to be a Boston Bruin? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened? I got drafted. What happened? And he's like, yeah, you just got drafted like sixth round. And so I had no idea. So then I just looked over to my girlfriend, my wife at the time, Janelle, and I said, yeah, you might have to take some notes from me. I've, I'm, I'm going to just step out for a few minutes. So then, you know, after that, my my math prep was done because I had my parents calling me friends calling me. And, um, so it was, it was an exciting day, but so unexpected. I, I was not expected to be drafted and, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was an awesome experience. Good. Awesome. So you get drafted by Boston, but you don't sign there. What, you know, I'm not sure if we can talk about it or whatever, but what, uh, what happens there? What, yeah. Um, so it was, uh, I mean, Pete, Pete Shirelli was the GM at the time when they drafted me. Um, uncle was assistant GM. And then kind of throughout the next three years of me being in school and stuff, Pete moved on to be in Edmonton. My uncle moved on to be in Vancouver. And uh, Don Sweeney was the new, uh, oh, yeah. the new GM there. Uh, who, who was around? He was the other assistant GM in, uh, in, in Boston. And he, um, after my third year, I had a really good year and it just kind of felt like, you know what, it's time, it's time for me to, to make the jump. And, um, and I was, I was really close to being done school. I stayed every summer, took an extra two classes, um, kind of just in case maybe after my third year, I was to leave. So I, I was so close and the decision was easy. And I went, went to the Bruins or my family advisor slash agent went to the Bruins and said, Hey, Matt's ready to leave. What are you guys what are you guys, uh, what are you guys thinking? And they kind of, they kind of, I mean, I, I, I kind of took it as a hint of, of they, they didn't think the best of me. Um, so uh, they kind of just said, you know what, you can go back for your fourth year at school and we'll maybe sign you after that year, or you can go somewhere else. So um, my agent, uh, I mean, I, when he kind of heard that, he, he uh, talked to Pete Shirelli, who originally drafted me and said, Hey, is there interest in, in Matt coming to Edmonton and um and uh so I, I kind of went the free agency route I didn't I didn't pull uh uh um Justin Schultz yeah that. you know like I wasn't that tight that that class of player um or that Jimmy VC yeah. in Nashville sort of thing but 
it was, it was one of the ones that was kind of just mutual and, and they said, Hey, we respect you as a person player, but uh, we have our, our guys here and, and you can go somewhere else and kind of hope the best for you. And um, I mean, I ended up working out and I went and kind of saw a few other teams uh, who were really interested and um, decided Edmonton not. And I get this, I, people ask me this question all the time. Um, but I, I, I picked Edmonton, I think, just for the opportunity to, to come in and play right away versus, you know, it's like my hometown, my family's there and that sort of thing. So it just it it was just, uh, a, like I said, a great opportunity for, for me to jump in and play. Yeah, no, it's awesome uh, stuff. it is. It is for sure. And and I wanted to kind of go back to Peter Shirelli. I, I, I feel like personally at times he gets the kind of a the raw end of the deal and and anyone that's listened to this podcast um you know we have elaine waugh on who and and i don't know if you know him through the hockey circle but elaine and and pete trelli you know grew up together and went to harvard together and all that and you know just i just want to see get your thoughts on on the influence he was for you uh you know in your hockey career because i think you know he's done a lot of good things in in hockey and i think unfortunately he gets the bad rep at times, but, you know, you know, and you, and you know him better than anyone. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on Peter Shirelli as a person. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great person. He's uh, kind of now was, as being in, this will be my sixth year. I've, I've been through a few GMs. Uh, you, you can, there's kind of two types of GMs. There's ones that are kind of hand hands on or, or very involved uh, comes into the locker room Um connects emotionally and in with that with 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 the players and that's how their families are doing and that sort of thing and and Pete was kind of the opposite of that which I respect and I think that can be where things get lost in transition where um, people say well he doesn't care but I mean at the end of the day it's a business um, he, he cared he cared about the players it's just some some GMs can't have or have a harder time um, trading somebody or sending somebody down when they're emotionally attached to that, that, that person or player or their family or that sort of thing. So, I mean, I, th- I think Pete's a, a great hockey mind, obviously he, him, as well as a few others were kind of the, the building blocks of that Boston team that to this day is, is a top team um, built with the same players that he had when he was there. So um, I mean, I, th- I think in Edmonton, my first year, we had a, we had a great team. He did a good job in bringing in some pieces there, and I mean, it's 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 such a tough tough sport to kind of know which how how players will gel together, how one guy will play with another guy. It's I think a lot of the times it's it's just luck, and um, I think I mean Pete, he's he's been in the league for such a long time um, that he 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 did a great job. I think um, I mean the fans in Edmonton uh can be can be harsh at sometimes but um i i really enjoyed my time with pete and i think one thing that i i can say as as a player is i he he was there he saw me extremely raw and out of shape when i was when i was drafted at 18 and and uh he he saw me develop uh physically off the ice and on the ice and i think he kind of saw that that fight in me and that um resiliency to be like hey like when, when I went to camp I, I I almost got embarrassed my first year because I was so out of shape and I couldn't keep up and then the next year I came in and I was 
a totally different player in person. I think he saw that and he said, this, this is the kind of pro that we need um, on a team uh, just to fill whatever role he can. So, um, I mean, kudos to him. He's had an amazing career as a GM and I think he's in, uh, he's in Seattle now. Um, you know what? I think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I, I, I was just going to say, I hope he resurfaces back in the game because I think the game is better when Peter Shirelli's in it because, you know, like you talked about what he's done in Boston yeah. and uh, I know it's been tough here, you know, for fans and whatnot. And, and, and there's been, you know, success here and success there. And there's been some, some things happen along the way, but you look at kind of the core pieces that he's, that he set this team up with and the contracts that he signed, you know, they're, they're really good deals in my opinion. And, you know, obviously we'll get into that too, but your, your time in Edmonton, uh, you know, coming here, uh, you know, did you feel the pressure, you know, being a hometown kid and, uh, you know, just the market it is it's in itself? Yeah, no, I, um, I would say kind of. I hope you I... stayed off Twitter. Like, I, I couldn't imagine being a player in Edmonton on the cesspool that is Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter's toxic. If you're a player, I, I remember, um, I mean, me and, me and Drake Kajula kind of came in as, as rookies that, that first year and we were a playoff team. That was the year we lost in the second round. And, um, gosh, I remember maybe 20 or 30 games into my career and we were playing LA and I mean, it's, it's so hard to be so, so good like game in and game out and probably for the first 20, 30 games, you know what, I'd, I'd make some mistakes, but they weren't, but they weren't atrocious. And then this game against LA came and I, it just, it wasn't my nights. And I mean, everybody has those nights, right. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't my night. I think I was minus three and, and had a couple turnovers and I was benched. And at the time I had Twitter and I, 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 I came off the ice and I mean, I think in general, hockey players are, are hard enough on themselves. They know when, when things don't go your way or you made a bad play. And then on top of that, you got coaches and, and friends oh, and family man. that are telling you what their opinion is. And then you get these notifications on, on Twitter and that sort of thing. So right then and there, I deleted Twitter and I, I, I haven't looked back react, reactivated it. I, I have Instagram and, um, I mean, yeah, Insta Instagram can be very similar. Um, this this past year, when when me and uh, another Edmonton boy, or Leduc boy, Jordan Martinick, uh, got in that, uh, uh, we got in a little little uh, scruff. Two friends uh, of the pod. Yeah, yeah, we had we had Martinick on too. So yeah, he's a great guy, and yeah. we skate together in the summer and play in that four and four league together on the same team, and just kind of the way we play, we're both very competitive and. Yeah, in the playoffs there, it's uh, <laughs> we got in the scruff, and and I had Carolina fans oh. on sending, send, commenting on my photos on Instagram, my wife's photos, just being ruthless. So I almost deleted the Instagram right then and there. It's it's just so easy for people to to try to do what they try to they get think, us off our game and that sort of thing. But they think they're entitled to yeah. talk like yeah. Fuck. Oh. yeah I'm still I mean, in here, Bosco. I hate this shit. I know, yeah. I know. You know what? It's it's one of those things as a pro, you just kind of got to, like my first year, there was times that people would say something on Instagram or, or Twitter and I, I would want to, I'd want to say something back, you know? Yeah. Um, just because that's just the way I am. And 
And I remember sitting beside Chris Russell. He was a great kind of older player, mentor for me. And uh, he, he, he's, he's totally off all those platforms. It's just not the type of guy he is. But he said, you, you, can't, you can't give in to those, those people. This is what they want. So um, luckily I had, I had him. But uh, yeah, there's, there's times where you, you really want to say something not nice to another player or an, an, another fan on Twitter, Instagram. And just I, it's just, it, it's just yeah. now part Listen, of the game. Text me, I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's definitely. Yeah, and it, I think at times, you know, it's uh, it, it is tough. You do see it a lot in, in the, the hockey hotbed markets, but uh, we'll turn to something positive and we'll get back to to that. And, you know, it is what it is. Those people, you know, they, as you say, they just want to get a reaction out of you. But one of my it's questions, part of the are, game, I think now is you got to deal with it. Yeah, I yeah, know it is, especially nowadays. Right. So it's uh Everyone thinks they, you know, it's weird because I was actually talking to an NHL PR guy about it today and it's just uh, down down and down the road from us and it was just the same thing. It's just like, it's not worth it. But uh, so, you know, talk about Chris Russell. You just talked about him there, um, you know, and there's other guys. You, you Andre Secker was another one, but you had a, a great list of defensemen to, to pair up with in Edmonton. But uh, talk about him and mentors that you had along the way here in Edmonton. You know, you had some really great ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Chris Russell was kind of a guy that um, I I kind of wanted to be around. He didn't say a whole lot, but obviously he was a guy in junior. He led the West. I mean, up until four or five years ago, he led he led the Western League in scoring for defense. And then he comes in the NHL and he's a shot blocking machine, kind of a steady Eddie shutdown guy. So he was kind of a guy that I, I wanted to be around. Um, I, I wanted to kind of play like him and, and learn how he shot blocked and learn how he kind of evolved as a player just to be in the league and stay around. And um, so he was, he was a guy for sure. Um, we had an awesome locker room my first year. We had Matt Hendricks, who's a plus guy, like unreal, unreal in the dressing room. He was a leader for us in the playoffs. He didn't play, but he would dress for warmups and he would fire us up. Um, going onto the ice and, and just, just guys like that. Uh, Mark Latestu was a very solid guy. Um, he was a guy that I worked out with in the summer. Um, and you know what, like, I mean, my first year is, it was me and Darnell and as a, as a young pair, I thought we did a really good job. And obviously Darnell has been uh, a great player in Edmonton and, um, got a great contract for himself and he's going to be a long, long-term player there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super happy, super happy for him and just, yeah, guys kind of like that. And um, Andre Sakara, he was still talk to him this day. He's a very simple guy. Um, been around the league a long time and um, was a great D partner for me. Um, I thought we worked well together. I love playing with him. Is there anyone on that list and some, maybe someone we didn't mention that you had the great chemistry with? Because you look at your numbers here in Edmonton, you're always a plus player. Um, you're always on the right side of the puck and, and all that too. So is there anyone you had really good chemistry with or is it just kind of each year you just, it, it just kind of, you know, was what it was and you guys just had great chemistry with whoever you had? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, my first year, me and Darnell played most of the year together and now and. I, I thought we, we moved the puck really well and played hard defensively. Um, and then second year, I was, I think I was with 
Russell or Sakara. And um, honestly, I, I enjoyed playing with them. They're, uh, I can touch on this in a bit, but uh, they're kind of a similar player to how I am, how I think. Um, I think if you put a guy like me with somebody who's really offensive, it, it can kind of be lost. Um, I'm, I'm a guy that's, I'm a, I'm a very headsy guy. I, I want to know where, where my teammates will be, especially my D partner. So, um, if I get in trouble, I know where I can throw the puck. I'm not the fastest guy. I'm not the most skilled guy. So I really got to know where everybody is on the ice. Um, so I'd say those two guys, I, I really like playing with Chris Russell. He's, um, obviously a shot blocking machine. Pucks don't get to the net very often uh, when he's out there. And um, just just simple, simple, simple players. Um, so yeah. I think I think kind of my third and fourth year, I was I had, I had a bunch of different D partners. Uh, Joan, Caleb Jones um, played a little bit with Lagason. Um, geez, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just injuries along the way. Injuries. Kind of, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Changes. You, even know. last year here in Nashville, geez, we had so many injuries that. Uh, um, for a few weeks, I was playing with Roman Yossi, who's uh, he's <laughs> insanely he's dynamic, and uh, so uh, yeah, it was it was uh, definitely a learning experience playing with him. He's top top player and unreal guy. But uh, I I think for most of my career, I've been playing with like simple, steady Eddie guys, and that's kind of what 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 I like to play with. Yeah, no, and you got a hell of a shot, and you know how to throw a hit, so. Uh one of the great things even when i told a few people who are coming on they're like man that kid can throw a hit so uh, <laughs> so good open ice you've had a few great open ice hits along the way here so um before we get you out of here we'll just we'll one on one on edmonton we'll touch on nashville but uh, obviously playing with connor and leon uh two of the best in the best in the world the best in the game right now uh, what was it like to play against them in practice and also be teammates with them uh you know when you guys are going out to win games and all that yeah for sure i mean they're obviously top-notch athletes and I think top-notch people as well. Um, I mean, ex extremely competitive. And I think um, being around those guys and, and going to lunch with those guys, um, the off-ice the off moments for me were, were um, special. Uh, looking back on it, um, especially for me to learn as a defenseman, we'd be at lunch and we, we just call it lunch talk and I don't know, you, you shoot, you shoot the shit. And sometimes you talk about hockey, sometimes you don't, but the times I think I, they, we talked about hockey. It's, it's pretty crazy just to think like a mind like mine, like more defensive minded versus mine like theirs. What are they thinking when this situation occurs and versus what my mind's thinking. And um, I think there's a lot of learning that can be done in those situations. And um, I would, I would ask them all the time, Hey, uh, this this situation happened in the game last game. Um, if that was you on offense, what 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 are you looking for? Like, what, what should I have done, or what what are you looking for to beat me, sort of thing? Where I'm I'm thinking, all right, what do I need to do to defend this guy? So it was moments like those I think that really helped me learn how to defend. With with, I mean, you got Connor who's insanely fast and i think what a lot of people don't realize too is is how um how he keeps his feet moving and his hands are so fast i mean usually 
usually players are either fast or they have really good hands, not them both at the same time. And that's what Connor has. And then you get Leon, who's an absolute ox down low. And I mean, if you try to take the puck from him, good luck, because he's just going to stick his big legs out there and his big ass and, and protect the puck. And, and then when you try to step around him to, to grab the puck, he just spins you and, and takes it to the net and, and can make plays um, at any point yeah. too. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd say, and especially in the NHL, I think a lot of, a lot of players, um, they're, they're, um, we, we don't need to practice it as much as people think it's a lot of, it's just like, Hey, um, when I'm coming down on you, if your stick is like this, I'm going to go this way. So when I hear that from them, I'm going to be like, okay, next time in a game, when somebody else is coming down on me, I'm going to put my stick here. So they go here and then I can make that player close on them there. So, um, uh, both of them for me were, were amazing, um, teammates as well as just to learn from them. Yeah, no, for sure. They, they obviously their pedigree speaks for its own and, and everything we hear too is uh, great people off the ice too, which is also yeah. great. And it's the one thing I love about the game. You know, you meet a lot of great people off the ice. Uh, uh, so you go to Nashville, um, you know, was that decision easy? Was it hard? Um, you know, it's obviously uh, some great defensemen there and, and uh, great coaching program. Uh, Doug, uh, David Poyle's a, probably the best or one of the best general managers in the NHL. Um, you know, talk about going there and, and that decision. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the time, it was, it was, it was probably one of the hardest decisions of my life. Being from Edmonton, um, playing there, and that locker room, I, I, I just, I love those guys so much. Been there. Um, I was there for four years and everybody I knew so well. And just the, just being comfortable in that locker room was, was a big thing. And um, if you can believe it or not, I've, I've never been traded or, or switched teams in the same league. So that was a new experience for me going somewhere new on, on a different team in the same league. Um, and just that uncertainty of where, where I'm going to fit on this team and that sort of thing. And um, I mean, when I was kind of deciding Nashville, you get instantly, you, you think of, of um, just the amount of, of top class, top pedigree of defensemen that they've pushed out of that system. Um, it's, it's just insane. So I knew that factory. as a defense, what's that? The factory. It's a factory. Exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, go, go, go and look at it. There's just so many, so many players, but um, so I, I knew that it was, it was a place for me to go and, and learn and, and become a better, better player. And um, I think have a better chance to play, uh, which was important to me and have a, a more defined role. Um, so those, those were kind of the main, uh, main points in, in why I left and, and they were really excited having me and and uh, Mark Borbietsky were kind of the, the new defenseman on the team. Um, obviously, Nashville was uh, so close to winning the cup. Uh, my first year in Edmonton, um, they beat Anaheim after after they beat us, and then and then lost in the finals. But uh, I knew it was, I knew it was a team that was that was close, just like Edmonton. Um, just it was it was just a better opportunity for me. Yeah, and. Uh... You got some great players there too. Uh, you know, you got uh, Pecorine just retired, but you know, talk about the, the season you got to play with him. I know it was 
it was weird because it's the COVID, COVID and, and all that. And we've had Vernon Fiddler on and he, he several times and he's talked about how great the fans are there. But uh, kind of a two-part question, the fans and also Pecorino. What a, what a great teammate uh, he is and what a great career he had also. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I wish I got to play longer with him for sure. He outstanding guy, always around the guys, um, tons of stories to tell. Obviously, been in the league for so long. And um, I think the one thing that's that stood out for me was um, his his compete level, not only in games, but in practices. Like, I mean, obviously, people will see him. He'll be on the highlight reel five, ten times a year. There'll be a wide open net and he'll dive across and make a save. Um, and I, I, what I think people don't realize is that, I mean, you don't you don't just get lucky like that. It's it's you're doing that always, and and you're learning um, where where players were sh- will shoot on an open net. And and he was doing that stuff in practice. Just his competitive nature, and and I mean, he'd never give up. And I mean, a lot of times, especially in NHL goalies, will the puck will go back door and it's a wide open net goalies will just be like, all right, like whatever score and, and won't, and won't compete and, and never give up sort of thing. And he was that guy that was dive across and try to make that save. So that was, that was something unbelievable, obviously a great teammate and he's a new dad and uh, kind of created a, a legacy here in, in Nashville. Everybody loves him, does a lot with the community. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's a legend. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a legend on the ice, off the ice too. So uh, talk about Matthias Ekholm. Uh, he's kind of come on the scene here. More people are talking about him now, but uh, talk about what most fans uh, do know or most fans might not know about how good of a defenseman he is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think especially in, in Canada, you don't really see a whole lot of, of Nashville games for one. Um, so you, you don't kind of realize how how good he is and then secondly um we got Roman Yossi who's who's a Norris uh, winner he's 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 every year just unbelievable some of the things he does is is just crazy and so I think a lot of times uh, Roman will get that that spotlight over uh Eki and um I especially last year I, I towards the end of the season I noticed it the most and he's 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 just like the human spork he's like he's he can <laughs> he can play power play he can penalty kill he shuts down top lines he's he, he he does it all i mean there's not anything he can't do he can score he can defend he can be mean if he wants to like he's just so versatile and um awesome awesome guy off the ice too he's, he's a guy that i watch in, in games and in practices and and try to pick apart some of his his game that I can transition into mine because he's so sound defensively for a guy who's six three or six four he skates unbelievable and uh yeah I can't say uh, good enough things about the guy yeah yeah well, for sure that's uh tremendous obviously you guys had a had an off season uh some new faces uh you know and uh talk about the the new people you guys are get bringing in here um the excitement to get this season going and and uh, the leadership that you guys have with that great, great organization and the great players you guys have too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, um, I think we kind of, uh, we got, we got younger over the, over the off season. We brought in uh, Myers who was in Philly, um, traded for Ellis and glass. 
um, coming from Vegas. I, they, they both look really good. Um, we'll bring our, bring some energy into the lineup for sure. They're, they're young bodies with fresh legs. And, uh, and um, I mean, yeah, there's a massive hole for us to uh, fill with, with Pex leaving and uh, David Riddich is, uh, is a guy that, uh, um, uh, I mean, as, as Edmontonians know, had a great stint, great stint in Calgary. Uh, I think the fans weren't too happy when he uh, <laughs> sallied in overtime. Here. Yeah, big save. Big save. in the uh, in the shootout there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's a great goalie to uh, compete with uh, Juicy Saros, who had an unbelievable second half of the season. Um, probably was the best goalie in the second half of the season. So we're uh, we're really excited. We got a young young squad this year with with uh, a bunch of really good older um, key players for us. So um, we got Ryan Johansson looking looking really good. Matt Duchesne um obviously Roman Yossi to kind of lead the back end so uh we're we're really excited we took us took us a good half season to kind of learn how John Hines um his systems and and how and and what that recipe is to win and kind of once we figured that out and 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 played that style uh we were we were really good in the second half of the season and there's got to be some unfinished business mentality there right I mean oh for sure yeah I mean we we ran into Carolina. They're their top team in our in our league or in our division. And I mean, they're 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 a really solid team. They they kind of play the same way we did. Um, very grind like grind mentality. Back check like crazy. Don't give up a whole lot. Um, and you know, it, it was a good it was a good series. I think four or five five of the six games went into overtime. Um, so it could have went any way and. Uh, I mean, that's just hockey. That's playoff hockey. And it was a great series, but uh, I, I know this, this season we got more and we got a, we got a better start to the season than we did last year. Yeah. Well, we'll finish up on that. We uh, appreciate you taking an hour of your time to, to join us. Uh, we've had a few guys that have come on and they've had that uh, two months podcast bark as Clay likes to say, and they've gone into a contract year and done well. So so we're hoping that happens for you yeah, too we'll, here. So we'll get him, go get him, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, so thank you so much for your time. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was great to catch up with you and and talk uh, talk about your journey. And we can't thank you enough for uh, hey, kicking is off season the five. hat you got on. Is that Johansson's? Is it a fundraising charity? So yeah. So uh, Ryan Johansson and actually one of his uh, teammates uh, from junior kind of started this company. It's um, JRT it stands for journey risk true and they're they kind of make uh they'll make hats for anybody and so we got a bunch we got this this dog theme going I think I'm gonna jump on the train too so this is Ryan's Ryan's dog dozer um so they they custom made these hats for for him and he brought them to the rink and I got a I got a dog uh with me here too so I think I'm gonna jump on that train and, and make some hats and give them to the boys so maybe I have to stop by next year at Perry Perns and I'll yeah. toss you guys some hats yeah for sure we'll definitely do that so we got some plans we we want to do a golf tournament too for uh do it but we'll uh we'll get you we'll, we'll touch base with you in the off season about that we'll worry about the bigger things right now but uh you know so we we can't thank you enough it's been uh it's been great to catch up with you and and uh again thanks so much awesome thanks guys thanks for having me. when you hire a contractor 
You want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. 